will know him. He's a life group leader with his wife, Julie. He's a, where are you? Uh, part of our leadership team, thank you. And a generally all-round good egg. Can you say that? <laughs> Amen. So we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. And I just pray that you would just help Mark as he comes to speak uh, this morning. Lord, thank you for the preparation that he has put in, Lord. And I pray, Lord, just as he talks about fasting, Lord, that it would release a fresh hunger in our hearts to meet you and to encounter you today. Amen. 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 Uh, no, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Morning, everyone, and uh, morning to our very special guests who were with us for the dedication. You picked a Sunday to come on fasting. Timing, people, timing. Uh, I've been given the fourth talk on fasting, so I felt I needed to sell it a bit better. Um, I very naughtily wanted to start my my entrance, which will get me into trouble, that you know they don't like you when they give you the fourth talk on fasting, but I thought that would just get me into trouble. Um, it's an important subject. Um, I don't want to overdo it with you. Um, the way I'm going to sell it today, sell it is the word, um, is that fasting, you can feast at the same time as you fast. Ooh, give me an ooh. Okay. Let's see if I can get this working. There we go. Fasting is not just a physical discipline. It can be a spiritual feast. Jeanette Zen Franklin. And that's really where I want to go. Um, the danger is uh, our enemy, the devil, our own thoughts, and the things we tend to think about is what I'm giving up. What I'm giving up. And fasting has this edge. It has this serious edge, and Claire very, very helpfully made a clear definition that biblical fasting is about fasting and praying. It's what you're fasting and praying for. It's what you can receive out of that. It's the journey that you can go on. So let me see if I can talk you into that. Why are we doing fasting? Well, as I said, this is the fourth session in our fasting and feasting series, which seems to be a lot about fasting to me and not a lot about feasting, but hey, we'll get there. The feasting element is going to be spiritual. It's something that's really worth having. Um, we had a mystery couple, Joy and Chatan, started us off. I don't know if you remember it. Um, they did how really the world is persecuted um, and we have such freedom. And Chatan talked about family. Claire did a really thorough teach on fasting. Um, and one of the things that I love about my schools of prophecy is that because they're on Zoom, you can record the teaching session and you can upload it to YouTube and it's there for people to watch. So if you've missed that and you'd like to hear sort of good biblical analysis, practical analysis, biological analysis, Claire's talk is in the church YouTube section and you'll find that very interesting, very helpful. And then Paul took us on his personal journey with fasting, uh, which was another way of expressing how it's a learning curve. And as, as, as we've just heard, we're heading to a time where we are together going to be seeking Father in prayer and fasting. And so I want you to focus on the spiritual feast that that 
is going to give us. Fasting reduces the power of self so that the Holy Spirit can do a more intense work within us. Bill Bright. We talked about the presence of God in meeting. It's one of the things that the leadership really emphasizes. And being with God and feeling close to you and him talking to you are part of the relationship that we have. Our our faith is not about coming to church. Coming to church is the result of our faith. It's not a religion. We are born again. It's about a relationship. It's about having an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. And I think I've said to you before, at 67 years, it's still wonderful on those days when I can't cope that as a child of God, and I am a child of God, I can sit on his lap in my own mind and say, I can't cope with this anymore. You're just going to have to sort this out. And that's the sort of relationship we as Christians have. Not should have, but have. And fasting, we're coming at this subject not because we want to make our lives hard or difficult or let's pick something they won't like. We're looking at something that will take us on further than we've ever been before. And you're going to find this word coming out of me at the end of this talk. um, And I'm going to look for a response. Oh, yes, I am. I'm going to look because I think it's about the word more. And it's not just about the leadership feeling this is the right thing that we should be doing. The question is, family and friends and visitors as you're watching us, do you want more? Because we can feel it's time for more, but it's down to you guys to actually make it happen. We have to do this together as a family. I, re- I remember, um, I'm sorry, I'm off the subject here. I remember, I remember when Julie and I felt it was really time to move and we moved house. And our youngest, Emily, thought this was the worst idea in the world. And to her, it was the end of the world. And we had the sort of throwing on the floor and screaming and crying because that home was all she'd ever known. And it was difficult moving home when one of you doesn't want to do it, like seriously doesn't want to do it, which is why we as family, church family, not church attenders, church family, have to decide, do we want to do this? It is, it is a genuine question. It's a genuine question. Um, and I think as one of the prophets within this church, it's time perhaps to ask the hard questions. And that's why the leadership is doing fasting. Because it is our way forward. It's our way into the next level. It's the way into more of God. Unless you think this is it. Is this it? Where is it in the Bible? Always good to start with that. Claire covered it, but I wanted, in case you missed Claire's talk, I wanted to get back to, we are only doing what the Word of God says. Isaiah 58, 6 to 9, fasting is about breaking chains. Having criticized the children of Israel for what they're doing, playing at fasting, it's just a shopping list. It's like, um, I know it's it's the right time of the year, and I'm not criticizing it. Children will be sending their shopping lists somewhere to the Arctic to Father Christmas for all the things they want. Um, and there is a shopping list side to our life with our Heavenly Father, but it's got, to go, it's got to go more than that. And having criticized the Israelites for just sending God shopping lists, I want this, I want that, um, Isaiah prophesied to them from God, no, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. 
Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who are in need. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. That's a Christmas one, isn't it? Do not hide from relatives who need your help. I make no comment. E, I never said this. Then there are promises. If you do this, there are promises. That's the wonderful thing about the word of God. There are promises. Then your salvation will come like the dawn. And your wounds will heal quickly. And your godliness will lead you forward. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Behind you. And then you will call on the Lord and he will say, yes, I am here. And he will quickly reply. We all want a quick reply from our Heavenly Father. Daniel, in chapter 9, he pleaded with God. And I I think for me, um, in the little fasting I do, it's very focused and it's very specific. And it's when I don't feel my prayers are getting through. And I I want to be more serious. I am not blackmailing God. If I do this, I get a better return. This is not an investment return exercise. It's on me digging into an issue and saying, I've prayed about it. I'd normally have given up by now, and I now need to push through. So I'm now going to pray and fast. And I need to help myself understand this is serious. I'm going to do without something in my life that catches my attention so that I think about this issue on a regular basis. And we push on this until something actually happens. And Daniel did that. It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Unpronounceable, who became the king of the Babylonians. During the first year of the reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must die desolate for 70 years, i.e. the 70 years are up. So I turned to God and I pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. Um, And be warned, I think in our way forward, there is going to be pleading with God together. He needs to know we're serious about this to release the next level of anointing and his presence to us. Um, Acts 13, 1 to 3 is a classic moment when the church was praying and the Holy Spirit came in that time of prayer and fasting and gave them wisdom. They suddenly realized something they didn't know before. God opened a new idea and knew what we call revelation or knowledge to them. Um, and I really liked Paul's comment that fasting, <laughs> smiling down there, I actually like something of yours. There you go, mate. Holy Trinity of disciplines. Reading the Bible, praying, and fasting. If you look at church history, you, you can dig into church history and they've actually got eight spiritual disciplines that they recognize. An interesting silence is one of those, but we won't go there today. Fasting's challenging enough. But they are daily disciplines. They are things you do to keep yourself spiritually healthy. You eat, you wash, you exercise, you may exercise, to keep yourself healthy. You do things naturally. They are disciplines. You may or may not want to do them, but you need to do them. They are disciplines that you need to do. And we have spiritual disciplines if you want to be alive. Read your Bible and pray every day and fast with God. They are spiritual disciplines. We do them to keep healthy. Oh, dear, is Mark giving us more things to do? 
It's for your good. Yeah, stop eating and discover what consequences it happens. Your stomach will disagree with you rapidly. Three spiritual disciplines. Fasting confirms our utter dependence on God by finding him a source of sustenance beyond food. Fasting is not all about food. If you want me to fast so that I'm paying attention to what we're all about, I stop coffee, not food. Coffee is the thing in my life. Everybody knows it. That's where I go. What's controlling me? What am I controlling? Coffee's the issue. It may not be food with you. I was, I was at a conference with Paul, um, and um, I've been having a bit of a rough journey with my football team, West Ham. So I've been paying a lot of attention to my American football team, Miami, who are winning again. Come on, at last. So I went to share my good news that Miami had won their third game in a row with one of my American friends. And he just looked at me blankly. And I'm like, this is not what's meant to happen. We're meant to sort of do the blokey thing about, hey, they won. And, I, and he said, I'm very sorry, he said, but I'm fasting from sport. And he said, sport is a really big thing in my life. It's huge. So every now and again, I have a couple of weeks no sport, so I don't know the results, I don't know anything, I'm not following it. And I thought, yeah, he understands the principle. He's picked the thing that might be controlling him rather than him controlling it, or the thing that he's going to notice when he misses it, so that he's praying to God and reaching for what he's fasting about. Fasting's not about what you give up. Actually, if it is, don't do it. Fasting's about what you're reaching for. Pause for effect. Fasting confirms that utter dependence on God by finding him a source of sustenance other than food. You're not allowed to ask that question, but either you're thinking it or the devil's saying it to you. Why do I have to fast? We might as well go there. It's, it's the real thing. Either you're thinking it or the devil is saying to you. And, and Jesus referred to the devil as our enemy. He's not a spooky person. He is a very wise and astute theologian. And his job is to put doubts in our mind so we don't do the things that are best for us. Why do we have to do it? Well, there's good or bad news. Good news is you don't have to do it. I am seriously not into have to, should, and ought. Because the things I have to, the things I ought to, and the things I should do, don't bring fruit in my life. They are called works. That is, you're doing it because you should. You're doing it because you ought to. You're doing it because you have to, not because you want to. It is not life to you. If you want to, that's good. But just coming to church because you have to isn't getting you anywhere. You're missing, you're missing the point. We're here to engage and experience Jesus with our family. It's a sort of mini Christmas celebration every Sunday when you get the family together. We are sons and daughters of the living God. The bad news is if you don't fast, you don't get the benefits from fasting. You don't eat, you go hungry. You don't wash, you smell. You don't pray. Praying's really important. Praying's more important than fasting because praying is talking to God. Praying is talking to God. If you don't talk to somebody, you don't get to know them. Julie and I, uh, please, this is not in any way to impress you. This is the grace of God. Julie and I have been married for 44 years, okay? 
The only reason we're still married is we talk a lot to each other. If we hadn't, we wouldn't be here. So you don't have to talk, but there's consequences. There's consequences. You don't have to fast. But I think we as a family and the church leadership clearly feels it, is it's a time when God is opening a gateway to a new level of experience to him. But we need to go through that gate together. The leadership can't go through and say, hey, everybody, follow us. You need to come through with us. We need to do this as a family. There will be the Emilys who are not sure and struggling with this, and I do understand. It gives you clarity and focus. There's nothing like giving up something to keep your mind fresh. I go through hours in the day when I don't think about Jesus because I'm busy elsewhere. When my tummy is permanently rumbling, I'm thinking about it all the time. It gives you clarity on focus. Worst case, it gives you clarity and focus. You want to end this as quickly as you can so you can get back to your normal life. Not really the motivation, but hey, it is there. It gives you clarity and focus. Whatever it is, it brings you into that moment. And one of the things about being with our Lord Jesus is you need to be in the moment. And so you end up with this crazy phrase, you need to be where you are. Which is a daft phrase, isn't it? You need to be where you are. But actually, while my physical body's here, there are people in this room, God bless you, who are thinking about their shopping. They're thinking about the meal after. They're not here. That's okay. I I do the same. That's okay. No criticism. But you need to be here. Fasting brings you here. Seriously. It makes you pay attention. It helps you. It is a discipline. I can't do it without fasting. I just get distracted. My mind is filled with other things. It engages the fruit of the spirit we don't want to know about called self-control. It starts off wonderfully. Love, joy, peace. And it finishes with that gift, self-control. which sort of seems to be bolted on at the end, but it's there. And that's why when Claire was talking about it, she asked the question, you know, do you need to fast about something? Are you controlling it, or is it controlling you? Well, you can say, I'm in control. Give it up, and you'll find out. Give it up, and you'll find out. Okay? Give it up, and you'll find out. It's not necessarily about food. Do you remember the Isaiah verse? It's about breaking chains. It's about what we're reaching for. What chains do you want to break in your lives? Who, who isn't saved in your family and relatives that you want to reach for? Where, is, is there a job? You need a job at this moment. It's a change that you break. Is there a habit in your life that just won't seem to go away? Fasting is one of the routes to say, I'm here till I see some real movement in this issue. And in that focus, God, like he did with sending Paul and Barnabas in Acts, will tell you things you hadn't heard before. You'll get clarity you didn't have before. There's an obvious element of detoxing. There's no, there's no way of pretending about it. There is this detoxing that goes on. If you pick something like my friend picks sport, he enabled him to get to a place where he was free of sport and able to dis- make decisions about where he went from here on in. One of these men, while these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said to them, out of the blue, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work which I've called to them. 
That's one sentence. That is one sentence. Try and read the rest of the Acts without bumping into Barnabas and Saul from then on permanently. It is possible. But Acts takes off. Acts wouldn't be there if this fasting and praying, out of the blue, unexpected thing had happened. It really releases that. And just so that you remember, the nine fruit, a love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and I'm reading it because I always get a bit clearer on the last three, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. John Piper's got my second to last slide, second subject to last slide. Christian fasting at its root is the hunger for God. This isn't enough. I want more of him. We say it and mean it, I get that, but actually we need a discipline to do it. Otherwise we come back next week remembering we hadn't done it, but I still mean it. And the week after, and the week after. There's something about fasting that builds on the platform of prayer. Prayer is really healthy. Prayer is so important. Talking to our Heavenly Father. Prayer is talking to God. I mean, there is no greater experience. We're given, we're given that wonderful picture of the temple we don't know in Israel and this huge leather curtain. And the leather is something like an inch thick, tearing from head to foot, just to symbolize for you and I that we can go and talk to our dad. Now, I know on the one hand, He's the God who's built a universe of a billion stars, and he's beyond my understanding. And as he appears, there will be an element of glory and fear in us. Have no doubt about that. But he is also a loving father, and there's an intimacy part of him, where part of our relationship is that he is our dad, so that we can be his children. It is a hunger for God. So, finale. Fasting is about being hungry. That's the best I could come up with. <laughs> Fasting is about being hungry. It is. But it's not about being hungry for food or sport or social media or coffee. It's not about being hungry for them. It's about being hungry for God. It's about being hungry for God. So really, being honest with you, fasting is there if you're hungry for more and not if you're not. No criticism intended. That's, that's where it is. You'll find it hard if you're not hungry for more. But if you're hungry for more, it's a way through. It is the way through. It's the door God has given us. Prayer and fasting, not just fasting. It's wanting more of Jesus in our lives. Well, that's dangerous. That is just blatantly dangerous. We can come here and enjoy our meeting. But what does Jesus say to the disciples? When he sent them out, and we're, we're disciples, what did he say to them? What did he say to them to do? He, I sort of feel that you think he said, go and pray for the sick. Go and do miracles. Go and prophesy. I mean, anything I say is going to have prophecy in it, isn't it? What he actually said to them is positively lethal. He said, go and heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Well, that's a bit further down the road, people. That is a little bit further down the road. But that's the journey we're on, if you want more of God, because that's the sort of God he is. There's this lovely part, you know, somebody says, is Aslan dangerous? Well, the answer is, yes, he is. 
The Lion of Judah is dangerous. Fortunately, he's a God of love. Otherwise, it could be considered too dangerous. You want more of God, and he will give you himself. That's the danger. If you ask him, and your life won't be the same. It will change. Don't need to pause for effect on that, do I? Renew is the season that we're in at the moment, and it's fascinating. Nobody knew when I was booked to do this speech that I've just done two days at a prophetic conference on breaking old wineskins. So I find myself here slightly fired up from that. But it is interesting that in the passage where Jesus says to the disciples in Matthew 9, 14 and 15, which Claire quoted, he said, they're, they're criticizing Jesus. His disciples aren't fasting. Everybody else is, but his, his disciples aren't. He said, no, they won't. But when the bridegroom leaves them, then they'll fast. And that is where we are now. It's interesting that he, the very next verse is about new wine and new wineskins. So I suddenly find myself with two talks bolted together in the Bible by God. So it is about new wine. I, I haven't used the term new wine because it's sort of Christian jargon for something better. More is an easier word to use and understand. But, you know, us prophets, we like to use the jargon. So here's new wine springing forth and all that. It is very valid. And God says things like that in the Bible. But what we mean is, do you want more of God? It's more. And it's, we're at a tipping point, church. We're at a tipping point. There's no have to here. We are a lovely family, and we can be well satisfied with everything we have. We have the presence of God in our meeting. I come into these meetings. Now, um, Joe described all the physical characteristics you can have, and sometimes I have them and sometimes I don't. My version is all the hairs on the back of my head stand up. I get prickles when I feel God is close to me. But that doesn't mean that when my hairs don't stand up, God isn't around, because God is always with me. It's just time I feel him more sometimes than others. We have all these good things, but Father still seems to be coming to us and saying, do you want more? And he's not asking you personally. He's asking us as a family. Do you want to go into more to him? We would, we would have the father of our denomination, John Wimber, standing here looking at us, going, when are we going to do the stuff? When are we going to do the stuff? That Jesus did. And that's how Vineyard started. And Renew is saying, okay, COVID's kicked the stuffing out of the church, it feels like, and we're back here again, renewing what's true. And it's time to get back to our roots. Um, and Wimber started healing the sick. That was the miraculous that began to break it out. And it grew, it grew from, it grew from that. Do you want more? I believe now is the time. You've got to decide. You've got to decide. That's quite right. You've got to decide. Is that where you want to be? Open our eyes. Fasting blinds the soul in order, blinds the body in order to open the eyes of our soul. We started the Renew series. And the leadership felt that these were particular areas we wanted to get back in. That's what it's has all been about for many times. And as Joe has shared with you, and as I'm finishing, we're heading to a place 
where we are going to be fasting together in different ways, how, how it works in your life. It's very important to be flexible in here. It's very important to be flexible. If we start saying, this is how you do fasting, we've made a rule and we've developed works and we're back to should and have to um, and ought to. You've got to find your own way in this and doing that. You know, I've, I've had friends who are, have very heavy manual labor jobs and going without food just didn't work for them. They just couldn't make it through the day. You've got to fit your particular circumstances, your health condition, your busyness. Uh, I think, you know, a mum with three kids at home, not at school, is going to be finding it quite a challenge with many of the things she can't give up at that time and finding... Finding the space for silence is going to be a challenge. But we have to be flexible in this, but we need to do it together. And do it together. Sorry if this is a more of a challenge for you. So, I'm at the end of my talk. And I'm at the end of my time. Well, don't let him speak again. <laughs> Do you want me to carry on, or are you okay? You good? Okay. This is this is when you're open to the Holy Spirit, and nobody knows what's going to happen next. So you you stand here and you look at each other. Let's just pause. Let's just maybe just still ourselves before God. Obviously, Mark's shared a lot of different themes over the last few weeks between us that have done this series. We've talked a lot about a lot about many different themes and let's just pause and ask God what is he saying to us in this moment one of the things that we've said a lot about fasting is it's an invitation not a demand it's an invitation and there always has to be a response to an invitation what's he inviting us into individually and corporately in this season what is he saying to you Let's just be still. I'm just going to ask this, just for the, the presence of God is here. I'm just going to ask for it to increase. Let me just say more of you, God. We thank you that you are here. We thank you that you are inviting us into more. Just come and speak to us what that means and it looks like for us. Just come.